0: hi anna hi it's been a while it has been a while uh thank you everyone for your patience with us as we've uh gotten through some covid <laughs> and some colds and some other things here i want to start off today uh with a surprise for you okay which is a slam poem it was performed by chrysanthemum tran and the title of the poem is maybe all transgender people are really vampires
1: i mean okay okay
0: Like the premise... So, maybe all transgender people are really vampires. I, of course, don't mean the ones that sparkle in daylight, or the ones that crave a fair maiden's neck. After all, most trans people can't even walk home without the uncertainty of how their own blood might puddle across the pavement. But I, of course, don't mean the ones in Transylvania castles either. Even though I am a queen, spit-shining my wounds like my grandma's good silver, I admit I thought the existence of Transylvania meant a sanctuary where the wretched could exist. But expecting safety is more fiction than monster i've always been a pair of thirsty fangs when was the last time you saw a face like mine without the glow of a mob's torch a pitchfork's thrust in times of crisis isn't it my head they swing on a stick it is said of vampires how we cannot see our own reflections maybe that means whatever stares back at me in mirrors is made of smoke and myth There's a lot more to it, but I wanted to at least read you that first part here and encourage folks to watch the video that's on YouTube of uh, Chrysanthemum Tran. What do you think? Holy. Are you a vampire? Shit.
1: That is amazing yes absolutely i am all of the topics that were brought up in that poem are a hundred percent true and accurate i have to say the first bit about we can't go anywhere without fearing about our own blood spilling across the street like that really hits home for me just yeah wow that what a poem holy shit really powerful yeah
0: i have to i just have to reflect on this part again it is said of vampires how we cannot see our own reflections
1: yes i very much appreciate that was the second point that and I was like, holy shit, just like clearly extremely well crafted and well thought out the entire the entire
0: thing. Take a listen, Chrysanthemum Tram. It's called Maybe All Transgender People Are Really Vampires. <laughs> Cisgender man learning how to support it.
1: So the opening topic for today is public universal friend. I have no idea what this is. Please enlighten me.
0: Well, it's funny because you had mentioned that you you could be described as the public universal <laughs> friend.
1: But I Please, anybody who is in any situation that makes them feel uncomfortable, feel free to walk up to me and pretend that you are my best friend, and I will play along, and also potentially beat up the person who's making you feel uncomfortable. Do not let anybody do that, especially not in my presence.
0: I don't think you'll play along. I think you legitimately pretty much become everybody's best friend once they (laughs) get to know you. (laughs) So, Public Universal friend— had a different name uh, when they were born. And uh, I'm going to be really good about not using dead names and uh, using proper pronouns here because I think it's uh, a really good way to honor uh, them. They uh, were born in 1752 and were born to Quaker parents. In 1776, they claimed to have died. And when they were reanimated, they were reanimated as a genderless evangelist who called themselves public universal friend. And they used a lot of Quaker teachings to build what I think could be considered one of an early American identities, public identities, that would be considered non-binary. And it's... It's interesting to me. There's such progressive thoughts that, that came along with this person. Quakers in general believed in free will. They opposed slavery. And, uh, and of course the Quakers, you know, were, were some of the persecuted in England. And so came to the United States to settle here. And, uh, so public universal friend is just such an interesting person to me because they i developed this identity and then created a subsect of quakerism around this concept of being this uh genderless reverend this this evangelist for for quakerism
1: that is so interesting do you mind if i ask what their sex assigned at birth was just so i kind of have a context because I know that specifically Quakers were more accepting of cis women on being ministers and being active in the... I'm not going to say clergy because that's not the right term, but similar, like, higher standing of the religious order than perhaps other sorts of Abrahamic religions are.
0: Yeah, so again, with your knowledge of history, uh, you've made a really good point. They were assigned female at birth. And so wouldn't necessarily... I mean, so... (sighs) Here's a subsect of this as you're – as we're telling the story, like so many people that are trying to find their identity, when history started looking at this person and writers started – digging up what the public universal friend was in the world they started smearing their name and it really cast early writers cast public universal friend as a manipulative fraudster who was trying to rise to power in quakerism by adopting this classic uh,
1: historians god come on
0: And so this person gets to live with these two things, this legend of a non-binary person working as a religious leader in colonial America, which just is amazing to me. That's so
1: amazing.
0: And then these horrible interpretations of this person from early historians who created this, you know, this had to have been a scam. How could this possibly have have led to anything more than that, that I think is just so endemic to the trans experience?
1: I mean, not even just the trans experience, but the whole queer experience. I mean, I think about like all of the lesbians, especially in media and history, and every and historians are always like, oh, and she had this very good friend that she stayed with, and you're like, um, No, they shared in a bed for 30 years. They definitely were not just friends. And I just, I feel like that is just indicative of this. I have to say, the Public Universal Friend, an amazing concept, a fantastic name. I love that name so much. And I mean, like, as with any minority coming to power, everybody, especially the majority... Are going to say ah, but like they're just doing this because they want something or they want the power or something like that. It 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 harkens back to so many other things. Well, that's I why. Just,
0: like, I wanted to pull Uh, this up for you because I think it it says so many things in uh, the conversations that we've been having. Uh, The getting past the idea that being a trans person is a brand new concept for modern liberal (laughs)
1: wokeism. And specifically like a non-binary trans person. Like we've we have records of binary trans people all the way back in a lot of cultures. Like, yeah, like a lot of cultures, Rome, Egypt, like there are a couple of cultures that I'm thinking of. I can't necessarily say the same thing explicit, like explicitly about non-binary trans people, except for, like, the very specific rare circumstance. So it's really cool to see that we have one that isn't in ancient times, you know? We don't necessarily think of colonial America as, like, oh, but, well, like, they colonial America's on the same level as uh, ancient Egypt and the fall of Rome and everything. America is still a young country— and it's really cool to think that around the time of its founding, we had people like the Universal or the Public Universal Friend, who was a non-binary person who was just trying to live
0: their life, right? Not only live their life, but try to create another more progressive way to look at people in an already
1: progressive religion. So, comparatively, I comparatively, will say. I, oh, by, by Quakerism, Quakerism is of the Abrahamic religions one of my favorites mm-hmm. though it i mean all religions have their issues so you know right i mean it, there's still a lot of concepts in
0: here that you'd recognize from abrahamic religions there is a need to repent in um the public universal friends pr- preaching and yeah. there's an eminent day of judgment in in their preaching uh, but That amassed uh, uh, followers that called themselves the Universal Friends. And here's the other factor that I think you're going to find so interesting. In talking to each other and the language that was used within the house of Universal Friends, they got rid of you and used thee and thou instead. Wow. Interesting. So, I
1: just thought... thee and thou. The and thou. Wow.
0: So that's Public Universal, friend. Uh, I'm just delighted knowing this. And, uh, you know, whatever whatever their record on the world is, I um, think that there's something really important to say about this early colonial history of, of non-binary gender.
1: So we are a podcast chronicling my transition, talking about trans issues, trying to educate people. We don't necessarily always focus on history, although that is a passion of your own yours in mind. And I really love that we were able to start the episode off with the Public Universal Friend. I wanted to talk about a much bigger topic that plays a little bit in line with uh, the Public Universal Friend, which is cis-presenting. And when I say that, I specifically mean binary cis-presenting. Seeing as how we do not have cis non-binary people, it is extraordinarily hard for non-binary people to be cis-presenting. But I wanted to just talk about my experiences with cis-presenting and what it's like now almost a year and a quarter <laughs> on hormones, having socially transitioned for about a year and a half, two years now, um, and just sort of what it's like to be perceived as a cis person and what it's like to... Be a cis person from your point of view. So
0: yeah. So take a, take a step back and tell us when you say cis presenting, what exactly are you talking about?
1: Cis presenting is the concept of passing almost to a cis degree. Passing is the process of being mm. yourself, however you're presenting and coming across as the gender that you are trying to express. In my case, I am a woman as my gender, and I present very femininely and very traditionally female, and I try to get recognized as that. Vice versa, a trans man who presents uh, masculine might try and pass as a man. Well, well that comes-
0: sorry, I just, I mean, the the important part of that, I think, from how I read our conversations is you are a woman and society views cis women as women. And so in order to get over the awkward hump of dysphoria that comes from somebody recognizing you as a trans woman, cis presenting is the barrier (laughs) that you have to overcome sometimes in order to be able to receive the acceptance that you are a woman in our society. Am I saying that correctly?
1: Yeah, I would I would say so. Mainly what I would say is that cis-presenting is you pass to such a degree that transphobes particularly would have no idea to be transphobic about you. Which is interesting to me, because I am a very outspoken trans woman. Yet there are times where I do not feel safe enough to be able to express myself and my trans identity. And in those times, I like to just think about all of the things that I have in common with cis women, and all of the things that I don't have in common. One of the things that I do not have in common with particularly cis women is I do not menstruate. I keep period products on me and in my house, just in case anybody who ever needs one can just have them there, you know, I don't I don't wanna ever assume for anybody. But there are also cis women who do not menstruate, and there are cis women who grow facial hair, and there are cis women who, you know, experience all the same things that I do. And whenever I am feeling unsafe about my specific position and interaction in a situation, I try and remind myself about those things. And if I ever get asked, try and bring up those same points. So I was in a smaller town in Minnesota, not particularly the most accepting. And I was being correctly gendered the entire time there. But my thought was always like, if I hadn't been correctly gendered, I would have felt significantly more unsafe just because it's not the most accepting town being able to say not only am i being recognized as a woman but there's not a doubt in this person's mind that i am a woman is really really interesting being such an outspoken and confident trans woman where the other side of that comes in is i have a lot of non-binary trans people in my life and they do not get that Either they get misgendered one way by their birth sex, or they get misgendered the other way, which, in my experience, specifically with the number of non-binary people that I've known, they generally prefer to get misgendered the way that is more towards what they are leaning. So, for example, AJ presents transmasculine. If they're going to be misgendered, they would prefer to be misgendered masculine than feminine.
0: Well, I think about all the the Jamie videos that we've watched. We've referenced um, them in the past on the show, but there's an amazing YouTuber and Jamie Dodger. Yeah, when if transphobes in particular are misidentifying somebody, <laughs> <laughs> the, but but correctly gendering them, it's it's just sort of an amazing thing. Like, yes, that is cis. Presenting them, that's thats passing in this really specific context of tris- tricking this transphobe into using the correct gender, even though they're trying to diss you. Looking at a trans woman and saying, you're never going to be a man. You don't even
1: look like a man. And it's like, uh, yeah, that's oh, thank right. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, that is exactly the same point. What I will say, though, is that I feel for you strictly non-binary trans people or uh, more androgynous presenting trans people when you do not have the option to cis-present like I do. Like, I can present as a cis woman, and for the most part at this point in my transition, nobody's going to be the wiser. Whereas if you are androgynous presenting, if you are um, non-binary, unfortunately, I think that this should be something that is changed, but there's no just, like... Ah, I am a non-binary cis person. And so, like, it is so hard on you guys when you are in unsafe situations to be able to feel safe because you know that you're being correctly identified.
0: Well, you're uh, dealing with somebody that has no experience or language to help them identify you or, or to uh, you process who you are. So one thing about cis presenting that is very commonly a part of the media narrative about being transgender is the threat of violence when somebody finds out that you <laughs> are transgender when they thought that you were the gender that you were and and yep. there's a reason why there's a trans day of remembrance and that's because trans people are murdered at an extreme rate. So I just want to talk about that a little bit. I think that's the really serious side of of this conversation. Do you like to save money? I know I do. That's why I've started using Upside. Upside is an app that gives you cash back on your everyday purchases. I personally save up to $0.22 per gallon on gas, and there are deals for up to 30% back at restaurants. And if you use our offer code, you can save an additional $0.15 per gallon on your first gas purchase and support the transgender while you're at it. Just go to Upside.com to get the app and use offer code Cameron634- nine three six that's c a m e r o n six three four nine three six to get fifteen more cents off when you fill up your tank. make your dollars go further with cash back from upside
1: yeah, if you are early in your transition, don't feel like you're presenting cis enough to somebody or you are unable to present cis. It can be extremely, extremely difficult if you are in a difficult and dangerous situation. I know that from personal experience and I know that from heard experiences of, unfortunately, some past of my trans friends. It is a blessing and a curse to be able to present cis because at the same at one at in one way, I am able to feel more gender euphoric, I don't get misgendered as often, and I don't fear necessarily violence on the street, right? But to transphobes and to people who don't understand, I'm basically like a chameleon. Like I'm blending in so well that if I were to Ever say, like, one thing out of line and they were to catch on that then, like, oh, well, obviously this trans person has to go because she is so much more, I don't know, passable or so much more womanly or something like that than the rest of those transes or some- whatever the stupid transphobes say
0: well and i want to be really careful with some of my language here but you know i think the internet uses the word a trap oh. a lot when they're talking about which is a horrific and, I, and i'm sorry to even use that word but that's that is the transphobe version <laughs> of I've put on my goggles and I see you for what you are, you transgenderist person, <laughs> uh, who's, who's cis presenting. And, and I know because I live in trans Twitter, especially now that we have this podcast account, watching people who are trying to date navigate that as well is really scary and really challenging. And
1: I have struggled with my own dating life and my own identity a lot because for me the decision was do i put that i am trans in my bio when i was online dating or do i not and for a while i didn't and i went on so many uncomfortable and awkward dates that just didn't work out which i'm glad for Mostly with men. Men really don't know how to date, and I also didn't know how to date men because I'm a lesbian. I did not really realize this at the time. But it is—the question of do you put transgender into your bio is so interesting, because even lesbians, the people who I date, can— be transphobic and even other trans people can be transphobic like there's no there's no single thing that makes you not transphobic or not homophobic or something I've known so many gay people who are like oh well I would never I, I don't understand why like bi people are a thing <laughs> there's so much phobia in the queer community and it just hurts so bad thankfully I live in a community that is fairly trans accepting and I was very careful on who I talked to and who I let know and oftentimes times I I ended up making sorry to backtrack a little bit I did end up making the decision to pretty much always keep transgender in my bio but once I really was starting to feel a connection with somebody and I thought that we might go on a date or something I would generally say hey just so you know I am trans if that changes anything let me know for the most part people were pretty accepting of that have I had a lot of weird interactions with people on the basis that I'm trans yeah funny story this will get somewhat graphic just so you know and it is dysphoric for me so i'm just telling this because i find it so fucking hilarious but i was talking with this one person and we were hitting it off he really liked video games we were talking about all the sorts of video games that we play and everything and i go hey just so you know i'm trans and he goes oh cool i love women trans women are women um and he was like also i've really wanted to suck a dick And I was like, (laughs) hold up, hold up, hold up. I was like, absolutely fucking not. But I was like... I hope you get that chance someday. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, live live your dream,
0: buddy. But uh, that's not the conversation we're having. You just went to a different conversation. Well, so this was this is exactly the the point that I, I think was important. One is to say neither of us are saying do or don't put trans in your profile. Like you're gonna have that is to a
1: completely personal decide choice. that for yep. yourself.
0: The other is putting trans in your profile might be safer for you in some ways, but also is going to elicit the chasers out there who are another toxic element of this whole situation
1: i will also say if you're trans do not use ok cupid i'm explicitly calling them out because they fucked me over multiple times my profile got into the hands of the transphobes and i got called the f slur um i got called a tranny i got called all sorts of really really fun not fun, names, and when I reached out to OkCupid for them to try and ban these people, they basically said, no, they didn't do anything wrong, they didn't break our policies or anything, and I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Like, I literally just got called a maggot, but replace the M, and you're telling me that that doesn't, go against your community policies? It's what horrific. the fuck is wrong with you? I,
0: yeah, that is absolutely unacceptable.
1: What I will say is the lesbian dating app for trans women and trans men slash trans mask people who feel more safe in a lesbian-directed market, the dating app HER, all capitals, H-E-R, is very good and positive towards the trans community, as well as Bumble, I found was quite, was pretty good. Um... So,
0: I mean, ultimately, what I hear you saying is for you and for your gender euphoria, cis presenting is important. And I I think that is not talked about enough by the trans community, or I, I shouldn't even say that. It's not talked about enough, period.
1: Yeah, and that is specific to me. I appreciate being recognized as a cis woman, even though I'm not. It just makes me feel a little bit safer and... It allows me the shock value, which I really enjoy when I'm like, by the way, motherfuckers, I'm trans. <laughs> the big reveal. <laughs> it's like uh, the curtains open and then suddenly it's like, boom, queer.
0: I don't think there were curtains on your queer room. That <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right. It's a closet door. You, you burst open the closet <laughs> No, so I I really like it, but it is something that can be a really challenging thing for a lot of other trans people, specifically those who are feeling like they're not far enough in their transition, are struggling to transition socially or medically or physically. Um and then also for my non-binary pals, like you guys have it so goddamn hard sometimes and I know that I'm caring about you, our podcast is caring about you and I can't speak for the whole trans community, but goddamn, if the trans community doesn't support you, I'm going to go fight every trans person who doesn't. You
0: hear that? Trans community? She's coming to fight every trans person. So (laughs) just get, get, get yourself ready.
1: Speaking of gender euphoria... I today uh, learned that I am nineteenth on the waitlist for the Mayo Clinic, uh, yay! Vaginoplasty surgery. They are doing about four people a week, which means that I will probably be at the top of the list in about five weeks or so. You
0: are not far out. Oh my gosh! Congratulations. I'm not. Thank hey, you. I like it when I learn stuff like this live <laughs> on the air here because I'm just like That's why I was saving uh, it. I have goosebumps. I, yeah. I'm so excited for you.
1: And I have an appointment scheduled with the endocrinologist again on the twenty first of March, I think. So, you know, things are really chugging along. If you guys have any questions about what it's like to transition, working with Mayo and Fairview, if you are based in Minnesota, um, end or Planned Parenthood, feel free to reach out at transgendapod, questions at transgendapod.com.
0: And you've had um, a really good experience with Mayo. I mean, just I've, to I've had that. a
1: fantastic experience with Mayo, and I'm not just saying that because I work for them. Like <laughs> as a patient, it is it is very fantastic there.
0: Um, on Gender Euphoria as well, I just want to give a shout out. We have a few people in our circle and our listenership that uh, just recently had top surgery, and I just want to say congratulations Woo! to you. And we know what a big deal that is, and we love you so much. And
1: congratulations,
0: good healthy recovery to you. If you have questions about transitioning or supporting someone who is transitioning and you'd like to talk to us about it on the show, please shoot an email to questions at transgendapod.com.
1: Be sure to check out our episode description
0: for links to resources on today's topics. Thanks for listening. I've been Cam. I've
1: been Anna. And this has been The Transgender. Love you all. Accessibility.